the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because right. it feels so Novartis has received $17 million in NIH contract payments and $15 million in NIH grants. Boy, it seems like a lot of money. Uh, records show Buturo wired $3.5 million to Rosemont. Don't get my stories confused, Squirrel. I told you, separate them. If you don't separate them, I'm going to get the crooks mixed up. See, we've got the crooks that are pretending to run the country in the White House, and then we've got the crooked, real red bastards who pretend to to run the CDC and the NIH. And these scallywags have been raking it in. Thankfully, there is a company out there that today, called OpenTheBooks.com, published more than 1,500 pages of unredacted records identifying companies that paid these rat NIH traders that took away our country for three fracking years, forever changed the trajectory of every one of our lives, even the ones that are in on the fix. They think they were ahead, but they all gained 85 fracking pounds apiece. Another question for you. The NIH continues to refuse to voluntarily divulge the names of scientists who receive royalties and from which companies. Over the period of time from 2010 to 2016, 27,000 royalty payments were paid to 1,800 NIH employees. Fauci received 37 payments from three companies between 2010 and 2021, 15 from Santa Cruz Biotechnology. I wonder what pump and dump scam they're running. I wonder, call Vivic, see if Vivic knows this company, which creates products for medical research, including, including antibodies. This is, this is such a systemic filthy problem that so far thanks to open books today we have payments totaling 325 million and what we do now know is they went directly to this pickle face rat fraud fauci and his cohort the one who likes to play the ukulele while he sits at home with his ugly wife and spends our fracking money we know that not because you told us but because we forced you to tell us through the freedom of information act over $193 million was given to these 18 employee, 1,800 employees. Now, I wonder, is that outside of the $325 million? What exactly? How much money are we talking about here? Who are we going to ask? Who could we possibly ask? <laughs> Records show that Bertorino wired $3.5 million to Rosemont Seneca Thornton, a shell company belonging to Hunter Biden and Archer, February 2024, while Joe Biden was the vice president. Three quarters of a million dollars was then transferred directly to Archer as the rest of the money was split up. Looks like it went all the way up to the big guy. The, his plausible deniability is he clearly is suffering from all kinds of menches. Well, there's a lot of good that's going to come from the sacrifices of dealing with 
taking on the climate crisis. Yeah, because you want to know what the climate crisis is? It's a great way to hide the fraud and the fact that what sits in the White House is a traitor. Because when you listen to what he's doing in our economy, I want you to remember who's been bribing this whore. China and the oligarchs that are receiving our money as they were killing their own people in Ukraine. And now there's some phony war going on between another Soviet nation, none of which is our concern. In the meantime, the bank records show a transfer of $3.5 million on February 14th and a transfer of two point seven to Rosemont Seneca Bohia. You see what they do, like every other scam. We should get Vivek Ramaswamy on. He knows how to run this shell game. You just take one little name, like Rosemont, then you add Seneca, and you change the third name. It's got, it has its own EIN number, its own phony LLC, and wherever you actually create the company, that tells us how they're going to pay taxes and if we can even investigate it. But thank goodness for, really, this is the Republicans and their House committee that has released bank records that show directly payments of over $25 million trickling up to Joe Robinette Biden. I wonder if there's any that go all the way up to Barack. Something tells me I believe there is. But in the meantime, we're going to pretend we're turning the economy around. Well, why not? You're all being bribed hundreds of millions of dollars. You have to buy something sooner or later. Here's the thing. This is a president who has spent the last two years turning the economy around. You hear us talk about Bidenomics. You just mentioned how we're doing this West, uh, this kind of this West Coast swing, talking directly uh, to the American people about how wages are actually going up, about how inflation is going down. Now, we all know that this is all a lie. We know that there's only about 30 percent of us of us that pay taxes. The rest of the roaches are takers. And then they've got the schemes of these bills where they can target trillions upon trillions of dollars into their phony nonsense companies. One of the favorite golden geese of corruption is this green energy boondoggle where it doesn't produce guts on ghoul. The windmills suck. They don't even break even. They break before they break even. As far as the solar, it's a giant fracking scam and everybody knows it. You promised uh, no new drilling on federal land or offshore. Can you tell Gen Z that you haven't broken your promise? Yes, because the courts overrule me. This is crucially important because what Joe Biden is is a traitor to his nation. And he is bribed to make our companies, our economy weaker and strengthen the enemy Chinese communist paymaster. And he's already taking care of the Ukrainians as they're all driving around in Bentleys and Aston Martins. What he's doing here is trying to destroy our energy sector, the most successful. And by the way, when it comes to natural gas, we even have those inbreds. 80% of the marriages in Saudi Arabia are cousins. We even have the inbreds nervous. The court said I couldn't do it. I want to stop all drilling on the East Coast and the West Coast and in the Gulf. Oh, 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 where are we going to drill then? You see, because that's what he's bribed to do. So he tried to do it. Some of these companies took him to the Supreme Court. And it turns out, you Fourth Reich feeble fascist rat, you're going to have a little more difficult time than you told the Chinese communists who bribed you what we can trace to directly 20 million. I say it's over 100 to destroy. It's going to be a little bit more difficult than that. But you will have this cabal of corruption where you can swindle these deadbeat children who buy your lie of climate change and don't want to pay their student loans. But I I lost in court. But we're still pushing. We're still pushing really very hard. Look, the alternative is you get everything is better as we we, we have. The private sector is coming off. Isn't he brilliant? 
He's brilliant. And to watch him with that Botox-infected face as he's on some sort of concoction of formaldehyde and espresso beans as they pull him out of the White House and pretend he's a man. It's even more disgusting. I'm saving you by making you listen to it. The sidelines. They've invested $250 billion in alternative energy. All of which is a fraud. Every single dollar wasted. Every single dollar will be paid for by that ever-shrinking small percentage of us that actually pay taxes and are extorted from making our own private money. I mean, there's so much going on. Finally, finally, no one can any longer deny that we don't have a problem with climate change. I deny it. I deny it. And I'm going to tell you who else denies it. I was up very early this morning, Squirrel. You know, I don't like to sleep much. And I was watching news here in Chicago. I can't, uh, I believe it was Channel 5, NBC, which is just like all the rest, only a little bit more boring. And they had the almanac on. And they had the weather model, because she's not really a meteorologist. She's just some model that they put up there, some spewing, talking Democrat model. And she made the mistake of putting up the almanac temperatures. Here's a little interesting thing. Turns out today, the high was 67, or I'm sorry, the high was 84, and the low was 67. The average this time of year, average since they've been keeping records, is 83 degrees, and the low is 66. Do you know when the record heat was, Squirrel? This is on NBC with the talking moron for the Democrat Party, the propagandist. In 1913, it was 97 degrees. You know how long they've been keeping records? Since 1885. We have no perspective. But what we do have is some whore who's been robbing this country for half a century. And he's telling us how he's going to forever change the trajectory of everything, all in the name of climate. So this way, the idiots that still do not realize they're being ruled by a mafia, they won't understand. He doesn't believe a word of this. None of these roaches do. They're stealing our money, A, but they're delivering to their Chinese communist paymasters as they destroy American prosperity, American companies, strengthen the enemies. Labor has been always opposed to environmental changes because they think it costs them jobs. It's their future. See, this is what I like. Because all of those idiots in that electric union, all of them, what is it, the IBEW, who will step and fetch and vote for every any Democrat. You could run Mangala, they'll vote for him. Resurrect Manson, they'll vote for him. He's a Democrat, he'll deliver jobs. You're going to end up with the short end of the stick, kids. Yeah, you are. And he's going to tell you, here's how he's going to save you. You're going to have to learn new skills. I can't wait to see you mopes learn new skills. They're going to build 550,000 electric charging stations all across America. My mom used to say, oh, here we go with his mother. Any woman that was dumb enough to sleep with your father shouldn't be given advice. No philosophy from that dummy. What do you say we do that? All right, I got to play the clip. All right, I'll play the clip. Out of everything bad, something good will come if you look hard enough for it. There's an enormous opportunity. We're growing the economy. We're, in fact, but, they, but it's not enough for us to do. We have to change the whole world's attitude. And right now, Russia and China are very, very difficult partners. Difficult partners? Hey, moron, you're at war with Russia, and you're the whore to the pimp Chinese communist paymaster, and everybody knows it. Now, what are you going to do about it? You're just going to forever change everything about our our military, everything about our energy sector and the principles of our nation, aren't you? How is the U.S. preparing the military? Well, we're preparing the military by trying to deal with the climate stuff. For example, man- I like how he says, because he's so stupid and old and he can't remember the words, he just says climate stuff. We're going to prepare the military for all the climate stuff. 
Oh, did you prepare the 13 kids you got killed? And, and, and by the way, I understand it looks like you could have taken out the bomber that killed. So you and your military industrial complex and your intelligentsia are directly responsible for those deaths. But tell us how you're going to fix the military in the future, the transvestites and whatnot. How's that going to work? How is the U.S. preparing the military? Well, we're preparing the military by trying to deal with the climate stuff. For example, many of the bases of the flood, many of these massive floods. It's almost like he's talking English, isn't it? But because of the dementia eating his braids, his brain, he cannot enunciate the words or the syllables. So he has to stream them together in a rather fast fashion and hope that the propagandist from Pravda bails him out. They flooded out military bases in the Midwest and the South. That has a profound impact on readiness. And so what we have to do is change the way in which we generate energy. And that's, that's the whole of it. And the military is doing their part. You know what else has a profound, uh, profound effect on readiness? The fact that no one's joining the military because they know you are an asset of the Chinese Communist Party. And they know. You are a corrupt whore who stole tens of millions of dollars while you were the vice president, although not as big of a tramp as the one you have. You were still a thief and a traitor, and everybody knows it, and nobody's joining any of the military. Not only that, you've been committing war atrocities since you could remember your address. These big high-tension wires that carry the electricity long distances. For example, we're now transmitting over those lines on the East Coast. We're transmitting solar, I mean, wind power coming. He can't say a word. Has he said one word in the sentence completely? You know, it's the shores, okay? But the power grid, those, is, that electricity is going through these lines. When storms come and knock them down, the forest catch fires. And, 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 and this guy is, is, is who's leading the country? Because it makes wind towers that's going to go into turbines made by GE Ver- Verona. Ver- excuse me. I mispronounced it. Vernova. See, now, failure on, is man. failure is acceptable for Democrats. They wallow in it. They're used to it. It's all they can produce. But for this country, it wasn't good enough up until now. We suffered under Barack Obama, but he could stream words together. He had that hope and change bull dung. He had that Marxist jive going. You got nothing, old man. You got nothing but your record, and your record is abysmal. So I know what you do. You send some moron out there to try and fluff it. You should have sent Kamala. Why literally fuse the president's name with the, the economics that Americans aren't very happy with? Well, here's the thing. Bidenomics is indeed working when, when we say that you look at the data, right? Cost, cost is going down, right? You think about inflation. When you think about wages going up, that is Bidenomics. Look- what, what about when you think of your credit card balance and the interest you're paying out? Hey, 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 you, Sideshow Bob, affirmative action dimwit. What about the companies that even bribed you to stay in business? You know the companies like WeWork. Bonnie, we know that they've been struggling for years, especially after the pandemic. What's going on? Well, you mentioned the stock post market trading down. It was up, down 33% at one point. Shares were already trading at less than 21 cents per share. So it's 21 cents per share. How much money did the WeWork steal from the American people? Did they steal more or less than the phony electric bus company that you gave money to yesterday, the day after it went out of business? It's about time somebody remove Joe Biden from office. You want to go through the procedure of, of, of what, impeaching him? It's obvious that Joe Biden is doing this intentionally because he was bribed to. We have the records. We have the bank transfers. I don't want an impeachment. I want a freaking arrest. And I want it today. 312-642-5600. You're fired. 
make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. In one instance, Kazakaka, oil oligarch from Ukraine, and Keynes... Rakina Reshev, who gives a rip, wired directly $142,000 to Hunter Biden Shell Company because he wanted to buy a new Porsche. That was the exact sale price of the Porsche. That was the same Porsche he was caught filming himself smoking crack in a residential area in June of 2018. Now, for Democrats, this doesn't offend you. You wallow with crooks and thieves and whores and pimps. That's how you live, like filth. But to the rest of the country, it's quite disgusting. And I'm going to tell you something. That's why I like going to good states, because good states are doing something about even the Democrat areas. I'm going to give you a little insight here, Squirrel. See, what's important when you live somewhere is the county you live in when you go south of these Marxist mafia-run states. Because counties are very important in the rest of the country. They have a lot to say about how everything is done, but particularly law enforcement. That's why if you're going to live in Florida... I feel I live in the best county, which is Collier. However, it's arguable there are several good ones, and there are. But there are also bad ones in Florida. You know what the bad ones all have in common, Squirrel? They're all fracking roach Democrats. All of them. Roach Democrats from the top to the bottom, the whole nine yards. And they run it just like they do these little mob areas, these little towns like Chicago with the Mafia La Croza Nostra and the same bulldung in New Jersey and all the rest of it. But there's something that can be done about it. Not a lot of governors have ever done anything about it, but I have to say I'm a little proud of of DeSantis today. The state of Florida is a law and order state, uh, and that means we support the men and women who wear the uniform, uh, who protect and serve. Uh, it means we have strong policies to hold criminals accountable for their misconduct. Prosecutors have a duty to faithfully enforce the law. One's political agenda cannot trump this solemn duty. Refusing to faithfully enforce the laws of Florida puts our communities in danger and victimizes innocent Floridians. Accordingly, I am today announcing the suspension of State Attorney Monique Worrell from the Ninth Judicial Circuit, effective immediately. I'm appointing Judge Andrew Bain to take over as State Attorney for the Ninth Judicial Circuit. Judge Bain is currently a judge in Orlando. He is a native Floridian. Uh, he attended University of Miami, where he played football, and he received his law degree uh, from Florida A&M Law School. And I trust that he will be a prosecutor uh, that faithfully enforces the law. See, that's the beautiful thing, because they had their version of Kim Fox. She wasn't half as homely, and I don't think she beat her husband senseless, but who knows. But one thing she was was loyal to the agenda of George Soros and the Mafia Democrats, where you use government to protect the predator and you re-victimize the victims. When you can have lead stories like, I know I stole and hijacked a car last week, but today I have a job and I feel much better about my prospect. As for the guy that bought the car, went through the process and made the payments and was on his way home to his wife when I dragged him out of the car and beat him about the head, neck, breast, and chest area, screw him. I have a job now. See, in Florida, you get shot. You know why, squirrel? Everybody can carry a gun in Florida. There's no concealed carry license required. There's not even a FOID card required. I know because I'm like a pirate. Not half the pirate I am when I'm here. I don't carry my brass knuckles and knives there and axes. Just a gun. Uh, who am I going to go with? Kira! You know I love when you call. 
Sean, uh, I don't know. You have the sexual self-deception. Right when you were talking about the IBEW, I just passed their brand spanking new 20-story training center off I-57. So now all those guys can be trained on those electric charging stations that we won't be needing. Good. It's not going to be as cushy as those $85,000 trucks they all drive around in in between meals, but it's going to be fun. I can't wait to see how many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your phone cut out. Probably the NSA. I can't wait to see how many guys blow their thumb off with learning that new windmill nonsense. Stop sticking your hand in the blade, Earl. Go ahead. Sean, uh, I'm getting at least two calls a week on solar panels. And as soon as I ask them, what about replacing a solar panel if they need replacing? Then they hang up on me. What's that about? Let's do a math trick. Why would you pay $80,000 to save $50 a month. And how many months, let's ask this question, how many months, Opie, will it take you to break even? You want to do the math? You morons. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. At AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. So the figure... That the Ukrainian Ihor Kolomoisky Invested Company, another oligarch that they had his name on the paperwork, it, it, it's $3.3 million that they gave this piece of dung, driving around in a Porsche never earned. But there's a Russian oligarch woman. It turns out she was on the books, giving him a ton of money, too. And from the looks of her, somebody contact her. You could sell Rocky Wirtz pants to her. She's a little bottom heavy. These rat bastards. Uh, Jerry on the south side. Hello, Sean. Yes, Jerry. Well, you're hitting on all cylinders today. Thank you. About the state of our country. I don't like I, I don't like traitors. I don't like crooks, oh, and I don't like traitors. And that's all we have in Washington D.C. I'm telling. I spoke to you a couple months ago when Biden wanted to kick in an extra point on the mortgages. Yeah, the I remember. I remember your voice. I remember. Yeah, and uh, but I saw the facts replay of the families gathering from the Afghanistan thing, the debacle. I got all the clips. I I was so aggravated. Jerry, I'm going to tell you what. I don't do what other hosts do because I was so aggravated. The reality of how many hundreds of thousands of boys wasted their life for these crooks is sometimes overwhelming when I have to focus on on the thievery right before our eyes. Well, I'll tell you, uh, the one mother talked about how Biden was talking about his son coming home draped in a coffin, yeah. which was a total lie. It was he died of. He's a but, coward. His son was a coward. His other son is a crackhead. And I think the daughter is a victim of, 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 of child abuse. It's a sick, disgusting, trash it's family. family. Yeah. It's a sick family. Yeah. And if he said that to me, I'd be doing time right now. Oh, Jerry, there's there's better people in prison than there are in Washington. Thanks for the call, brother. Stay strong. I uh, appreciate you making the call. All uh, right, buddy. Thank you. Keep it going. Thank you, thank you. Bob, Crown Point. Hey, Sean, remember when Obama touted uh, Solyndra? That looks like a deal. We only lost $500 million on that deal, right? Or $800 million. Yeah, I know. Now we lose billions. Yeah, and then uh, during all those fires in California, uh, like the campfire, they had a map on the news where they're all at. And I was truly amazed that the uh, 
climate change ended at uh, the U.S. Canadian and the Mexican borders. Well, Bob, I'm going to tell you something that that was squashed. We played it a couple months ago. Honey, bunny, I've got, I still got the, I have the clips in the system. There is a a professor who was found guilty of burning tens of thousands of acres in California. The fire in Canada, the the Toronto uh, Star with the newspaper right when it came out. They were investigating, the Mounties were investigating another eco-terrorists. This is what they do. That's why when you see in Hawaii, what's in Hawaii outside of beautiful landscape? Democrats. So do you think, I think it's spontaneous combustion. They know how to create an emergency to shut down and change the, the, the trajectory of our nation. Look at what Fauci did with the pandemic. Thank okay. you, Bob. Hey, I, yeah, what do you hey, got? I got another thing. Uh, they solved the Kamala Harris underpants problem. Oh, please. Secret service. I, I I don't I want to, please. Could you imagine the poor places those guys had to go and look for underpants? They got an app for it now. They put those Apple Air tags in them, but they had to do a hundred prototypes because it's such a caustic yeah. environment. Ah, uh, bum. That's why. Good thing we got a lot of those PPE hazmat suits. Finally, have use for them. But he reminded me of another clip that I think is very funny, folks. When I think when I think climate, I think jobs. I don't think all the dangers, there's real danger, but the jobs to fix the problem. My mother used to... See, now, here's, he goes with the mother again. But here's, here, here's what you have to understand, the mind of a crook. He's delivering to his paymasters because he's changing the trajectory of honest business in this country. He's putting honest business out of business, and he's putting his political assets... Those step and fetch like those idiots at the IBEW, not the workers, the upper echelon. You know, those fat asses who who wouldn't know what side of a screwdriver to grab, but they're all business agents and all the rest of it. See, he puts them in play and they will deliver because they have a, a motto in the upper echelon of all labor extortion mafias. It's called by hook or crook. And that's exactly what this is. So now he's going to confess yet again. This is like the billion dollars to Ukraine. It's another confession of bribery of the people's money. I had an expression. After I lost my wife and daughter, she was trying to console me. She said, Joey, out of anything bad, something good will happen if you look hard enough for it. Oh, is this where he, he, he now uses his mother and the tragic death of his wife and daughter? He sounds like that Illinois Republican, Pat Brady, who likes to do that right when he introduces himself. Here, let's hear it again. Folks, when I think, when I think climate, I think jobs. I don't think all the dangers, there's real danger, but the jobs to fix the problem. My mother used to have an expression after I lost my wife and daughter. She was trying to console me. She said, Joey, out of anything bad, something good will happen if you look hard enough for it. Did he mean Jill? Did he mean Jill downstairs cheating on her husband when she pretended to be the babysitter? Don't be mad about me with that Pat Brady comment. Pat Brady, the Illinois Republican, he, he voted for Biden, the traitor scum that he is, too. Well, all across America. We're looking. There are going to be a lot of good things are going to happen. The consequence of this problem we're facing. What Arcoza is doing here is part of a much broader clean energy manufacturing. It's going to happen in big cities and rural communities as well. Now, I want you to pay attention. This is the payoff of the people's money to private foreign companies who are direct recipients of yours and my money. You see these crooked rat Democrats. They don't pay taxes. Only we do. Like in Colorado, where CS Wind broke ground on what will be the world's largest wind tower manufacturing plant. And coincidentally, CS Wind is Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. You know that he, he can't finish a word. This is truly pathetic and sickening. But I'm enjoying it. Jimmy Carter, still alive. Diane Feinstein, you don't look too good. She had a fall, squirrel. 
the good news is she only has, to, has about two feet and seven inches to fall. She's like one of Mike Madigan's uh, inner circle. She fell down, and she doesn't look too good, but she had that Popeye thing going on anyway. But this is the leadership in our government. Go ahead, old man. Very quiet Republican lady. It's in her district who, along with every other Republican, voted against this bill. And it's making all this possible. And she railed against its passage. But that's okay. She's welcoming it now. When I ran for office, I promised office, I promised to be president for all Americans. You're not president for me and millions. Because we revoked our consent to be governed by a traitor and a crook such as yourself. Not to mention a coward. Whether you live in a blue state or a red state, I'm going to keep my promise. Before we made this historic clean energy investment... Siemens Corporation laid off workers who were making wind turbine parts and put the plant in Iowa and Kansas into what they now call, and they refer to as hibernation. Now, I know when he said Siemens Corporation, Kamala Harris picked up. However, this is a foreign company that owns these factories. They didn't get the money. They didn't borrow the money. They're being given the money to improve their property and their stock prices, and you're paying for it, and you didn't okay it. I hibernated in a while, you know, Iowa for a while. But huh? Huh? Look, now we're reopening both these plants and rehiring workers, folks, at at the benefit of foreign companies. Who's we? Hey, old crooked bastard. Who exactly is we? Because what you're doing is bribing, not just the phony. Democrats that'll go work there and pretend they have a job and people won't realize they're completely on welfare. But you're paying foreign companies are billions upon billions. What do you think? Everything's Ukraine? Come on, squirrel. You know, I know you want to hit it. We're going to do this for Siemens. And every time this crooked rat pays one of his foreign paymasters because he's a traitor to your nation and he's benefiting only others. 312-642-5600. When they're talking. We are here today because Donald Trump is exerting an influence campaign. I don't like these attacks on the Department of Justice. We're talking. Uh, If you say something about an election, they want to put you in jail for the rest of your life. News, opinion, insight. It's a disgrace. On AM560, the answer. AM560, the answer. to tell you it is just disgusting it's open and it's notorious three years after the start of the pandemic the size and scale of covid related fraud is staggering congress under president trump and then biden allocated an unprecedented five trillion dollars of which over 50 percent of it appears to have been fraud that's a lot of trillions not as much as the pentagon wastes but it's a lot debbie portage indiana Yes. Uh, good evening, Sean. Hi, Debbie. Um, I went to a, I attended a back to school event today, and I noticed uh, inside the doctor's office hidden was a moose lodge uh, booth. A moose and lodge booth. A little, is that like a phone booth yeah. without a phone in it? What the hell is that? <laughs> a table. <laughs> oh, all right. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> and. Uh, he spoke a little bit about the organization, saying that uh, they have a division where they house and school children, you know, without families up to the age of 18, and then they get sent to the military. 
And if they have grandparents, they get a chance to say goodbye. And then he went to talking, you know, we, we were talking business. And I asked him, I'm like, uh, what is your foot traffic? You know, how do, how do you get your, uh, okay, how do companies donate? Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, uh, we basically get our revenue from bingo. And I'm like, well, considering the fact there's children involved, I'm like, why not start like a GoFundMe page? And he's like, well, our headquarters are in Jacksonville, Florida, and we need to get various permissions. And I, 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 I don't like the sound of that. Ever, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what they say, Debbie? I learned this a long time ago when uh, you see all of these Democrat scallywags have non-for-profits. There's nothing more profitable than a non-for-profit, another Democrat tax creation. Uh, Greg Rogers Park. Hey, Sean. Um, you know, hearing about Diane Feinstein's fault, I wanted me to ask you this question. Do you agree with Nikki Haley's idea of having competency tests for people seventy-five or above? Well, I don't know why. Congress I don't know why we would. I don't know why we would put a limit on it. I'd like to have a competency and drug test for every elected official in this country. Everyone, and I want it sporadic at any time. Now I walk in. Listen, I think you you know you're obviously on something. I can't believe you're actually that stupid and this old. So you're going to take a competency test and just in case you've been out to lunch with one of the Bidens, I want to know what kind of dope you're on, low life. You see that's how you're supposed to run a government because the only restraints in this country are to be on them, not you, but I don't know. It seems like we had 3 years just stolen from us and it now turns out that the people who stole it from us, they're on the fracking take. They're all on the take. And you know who's finding it out? Not us. Australia. You actually made a comment that no one was forced to have the vaccination. You must have been fully aware that people, nurses, doctors, people to have their jobs, to keep their jobs, were forced to have the vaccination. Now, do you retract your statement that they were not forced? Uh, Senator, no, I I believe firmly that nobody was forced to have a vaccine. Get the jab or risk losing your job. That's the ultimatum facing hundreds of thousands of essential workers tonight. I believe everybody was offered an opportunity to get a vaccine or not get a vaccine. I don't believe that anybody was forced to take a vaccine. Coercion is not consent, but that won't matter for authorised workers if they want to keep their job. See, Australia is run like a Democrat mafia sewer, like Chicago or New York or New Jersey or California, anywhere there's a Democrat roach. And um, the difference is that Australians have been suing Pfizer and the rest of Big Pharma, Moderna and the other scallywags who were bribing Fauci and the rest of the oligarchs in the healthcare systems throughout the world. And uh, they're fully aware they don't have the protection that Donald Trump gave them here, along with our own system of justice. The court system since the 80s really gave immunity to Big Pharma. Donald Trump doubled down on Operation Warp Speed. But they're well aware that the vaccine not only didn't work and it didn't, but it appears to have caused more harm than good. The CDC says there could be a safety issue with Pfizer's updated COVID-19 vaccine. New numbers reveal a possible increase in a certain type of stroke in people 65 and older who recently received one of the updated boosters. So see, uh, throughout the world, people are suing. But Australia now realizes how they've been, once again, a prison island, and they're going hard after Big Pharma. It would be nice to see that right here in America, wouldn't it, Squirrel? How much time do I have, kid? Not much. Brian Gurney, not much. 
Hey, Sean, I got a couple things for you. Oh, you First got of all, one. I one. Think, uh, one thing. Okay. Pick your favorite. Okay, I got uh, two signs. I make it up. It's real quick. I uh, impeach Joe. Impeach the real criminal Joe Biden. Yeah. Why? Question mark for the crimes of treason. List those charges as follow: uh. Open borders, bribery with China, Russia, Ukraine. Do me a favor. Yeah, do me a favor. Just change it to arrest. I don't have time for an impeachment. We'll be back. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. We have been infiltrated. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And the reason is, is we've lost our philosophy. Well, the Communist Party has never lost its philosophy. In fact, what it's done is put lipstick on the pig of communism and presents itself as a civilized alternative to freedom. It isn't. My next guest understands this and much, much more. He is the director of China Policy at the Center for Security Policy. He's a widely published author on a broad range of topics, but he specializes specifically in this arena of the ideological conflict that we are losing. His name is Bradley Thayer. And I believe, Bradley, you got your uh, Ph.D. from the University of Chicago, right? Uh, I am indeed, Sean. Yes. Uh, spent many, many years in Hyde Park. Wonderful. Well, you wouldn't recognize it, and whatever you do, don't go back. But I do want to talk about how you, uh, I, w- I wonder, was your curiosity piqued? I don't know what the years were, but was this when the Chicago short-in-the-pants Democrat mafia was being undermined and bribed by the Chinese Communist Party? Because they have quite the footprint in Chicago, don't they? Well, they do indeed, and uh, I preceded that uh, by a little bit. But uh, what's happening in Chicago, sadly, is also true in so many other cities, uh, and uh, with the federal government uh, as well, with the penetration of uh, the influence of the Chinese Communist Party on our political system uh, in the United States and more broadly in, in the West, in Canada and in European states as well, Australia, New Zealand. We see the same problem. Well, it's interesting because Pierre Trudeau was wooed directly by Mao Zedong, was he not? He uh, was very sympathetic to the Communist Party. And it seems as if this has been a plot that has been in effect since Nixon pretended, and, and I bought the lie, by the way, pretended we could convince the Chinese Communist Party to become not so totalitarian. The reality is they just became better dressed, didn't they? Well, they became better dressed, and it was a question really of uh, we had pretensions about assimilating them into a Western uh, uh, liberal order, and it's really a question of who was assimilating whom and and, uh, to what degree their influence (laughs) here has been so pernicious uh, that we've changed and become a lot like uh, uh, the Chinese Communist Party in, in many respects. So. It was a huge mistake to have anything to to have that idealistic vision uh, that we would be able to um, bring them into the Western international order. You know, uh, that was just a huge conceit. And uh, we're paying the price for it now because we're the ones who helped them. We're the ones who lifted them out of poverty and we're the ones who gave them, in essence, the rocket fuel uh, to their economy to be able to challenge us. And that's why we're witnessing their aggression against the Philippines today or uh, against Taiwan. 
and globally against U.S. Uh, national security interests. It's a you know, Bradley. Problem. It's it's a sad problem because if you step back and you look at the macro intent, and you look at the possibilities that could have been had we not been so easily infiltrated, and and what I mean by that is had the Chinese Communist Party been unable to purchase the character of specific politicians, be they the dailies or the Bidens, had there been some sort of barrier to prevent that, that, that easy individual corruption of some very specific power players in politics, we may have stood a chance. And, and when you go back and you review the relationship throughout the years, Hong Kong was a wonderful arena for a very, not long enough, but for a long time, where we had a wedge to break the communist stronghold. And I think people forget that and discount that. And it was very specific policies, primarily by Clinton, but also followed through by Republicans. And I'm wondering if, in reflection, because you know this so well, you you can narrow in a specific time period that the relationship changed and we lost our opportunity to really bring forward humanity throughout the world because peace is always the greatest it's always the greatest through freedom and was it our fault was it their fault or was it the strict infiltration of of bribery in our system that solidified the relationship of communists now dominating us well sadly it was our fault and uh, critical dates were that uh, 93 94 period in the first clinton administration where uh the clinton administration you may recall came into office criticizing Bush administration for coddling dictators from Beijing to Baghdad. Mm -hmm. They were going to get tough on China. But what happened was uh, they dropped any linkage uh, to China's annual renewal for most favored nation trade status to human rights, uh, which had been uh, pretty robust. And that gave us leverage. That gave us leverage to really hurt the Chinese Communist Party. And so after 94, those linkages to improve human rights, to help the Tibetans, uh, to help bring about political change in China was lost uh, because Clinton recognized that he could profit. Yes. Uh, and the Democratic Party could profit uh, from Chinese money. And uh, that really was a tipping point. And, and that um, was uh, sadly uh, really put us on the stage to the recognition that Chinese money uh, and influence directly, but also indirectly through businesses, right? Through Wall Street, uh, through nations, through media, through think tanks, uh, was able to shape, uh, sh- uh, shape Americans' perception yes. uh, of China and allow them to advance their interests at our expense. You know, Bradley, although I, I listen, I concede every point, but I have to go back to the the opportunity lost. And you mentioned something that very few people mention, but is the absolute catalyst to our problem. The idea that they have maintained favored nation status is the true problem. And yet, whether they be Republican or Democrat, the, the, the administrations that have gone along to get along rather than, than address the issue and stay on principle and support Hong Kong when they should have been supported, and short up Taiwan when they should be supported, which they, they're already fallen. We just pretend it isn't. But the reality is nobody has ever talked about that. And through the elimination of this this welfare system of favored nation status, we could have changed everything. Why did so many administrations 
just refuse to address it. Is the bribery that systemic or are they just ignoramuses? Well, I think they, they, they I think there are two major arguments there. First, um, there was an end of history moment, right? There was a belief among the elite that uh, uh, great power conflict had ended and uh, we were going to see a new era of uh, democracy and uh, capitalism uh, marching throughout the world. And the Chinese fed that uh, through their duplicity, of course, through their political warfare campaigns. That was a very powerful belief uh, that really helped to cloud any type of true strategic analysis. Second problem was indeed uh, the recognition that American business interests and Clinton administration worked hand in glove Mm -hmm. uh, to flow investment, to put China on the path to World Trade Organization membership, WTO membership, uh, which greatly hurt us. And that allowed them, that is, that allowed the Chinese Communist Party really to continue to grow by leaps and bounds uh, without any effort, without any leverage. Uh, to bring about any change in in their behavior. So the Clinton years were the critical years, and the Clinton first term really was where a lot of changes occurred uh, that made possible China's tremendous growth. Again, it was the United States, it was our leadership uh, that made this possible. The Chinese worked assiduously to deceive us, uh, through uh, Chinese leader Deng Xiaoping's hide and bide strategy, right, where he said, do everything you can to minimize, uh, don't call any attention to yourself um, uh, as a way of uh, helping you know, to uh, deceive us. But we're, we're to blame for it. Yeah. Uh, for and you know what I'm, what I'm thinking about? All the opportunities, because you have to remember, I, I, I'm sure you feel this way. These are, for the, for the most part, the citizens that are tormented by the by the 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 corrupt communist government law would be better off and probably would be open to understanding the principles of liberty the idea that they have been through generations brainwashed into the acceptance of servitude is 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 a problem but we had an opportunity to break it we were ahead of the game if we would have played those cards right and i'm wondering what you think of the future or has it just been systemically, have we just been defeated ideologically as they clearly have roots into our government? They have the labs in California. There is no question in my mind that COVID was a bioweapon. But moreover, they've bought what we don't know, hundreds of thousands or millions of acres, all with the help of a specific party. How do we pull this back? Is it too late? What's the, what should we be focusing on now? Well, no doubt they have uh, tremendous advantages uh, that they've employed against us. But I'm I'm optimistic uh, that Americans are once again going to recognize the evil of the Chinese Communist Party and are going to work against it uh, and and to take it out root and branch. Uh, despite their successes, the Chinese Party recognizes that it's fundamentally illegitimate. It does not rule the Chinese people with any sense of legitimacy. Yeah. And so that is their profound weakness. And Taiwan, and you mentioned Hong Kong, show what China might have been. Right. And what it could be again. So it's a recognition uh, that they are still dependent on us. That is, the Chinese Communist Party is. If we can cut them out of Wall Street, if we can keep our investment firms from sending them money, 
And if we can recognize that if we push them, uh, they're going to fall because they are an illegitimate government. The Chinese people know that, and increasingly people around the world uh, are knowing that. But they're focused. But they're focused. And they've been very shrewd. With the, in particular, with buying policies, they own our president. They own very specific senators and congressmen. We have now set ourselves on, a, on an economic suicide while enriching them. Simultaneously, they have acquired all of the minerals that they, number one, they have a tremendous amount in their own homeland. They're cozy with Russia, also has all the minerals, and they own all the Afghan Afghanistan and now African minerals, and they're leading the charge for Brexit to de-dollarize. And I can make the argument that the world should de-dollarize. We don't deserve being the world currency. Our own political morons have bankrupted our own nation. What do you? What say you? Well, uh, indeed, they have. They've taken us uh, down the path of profligate spending, and we're going to uh, pay the price for that. But we need to recognize as well, wherever the Chinese Communist Party shows up. They exploit people and the environment. They turn people against them once people recognize what they're up to. So despite their tremendous successes and and their great influence, as people recognize what they're doing, the Trump administration was critical in this regard at really beginning to turn the rudder uh, on uh, recognizing China as a threat. Um, uh, That's a very positive step. So the Chinese Communist Party, as I said, is illegitimate, and they're their own worst enemies. As people recognize that increasingly, that helps to weaken them uh, around the world. And if we can get, again, leadership, which is absolutely critical, leadership to target them and ultimately defeat them, uh, I think that free people around the world uh, can recognize that if they're united against this threat, this threat can be overthrown. Uh, So there's reason for optimism, even in these dark days. Of course, everything that you identify, these are profound problems. They're not easily solved. And we made them again ourselves. Uh, But if we can have leadership and we can identify the threat, we can work our way out of these problems. Because we faced tremendous problems before, tremendous difficulties uh, against the evil of communism of the Soviet Union. And although the Chinese Communist Party is in many respects smarter uh, than the the Soviet Communist Party, it's still plagued and hindered by the same pernicious and evil ideology. And ironically, I I, I believe they're more vicious than the the Soviets. And I understand how vicious the Soviets were. But I I want you to understand, I am optimistic. Because we're talking, you and I, who are not elected, but we're, we're the people and we're having the conversation. And I am certain that in China, there are hundreds of millions of Chinese that have the same conversation and knowingly are, are out of power, but share, the, share a principle of, of humanity and, and liberty and freedom. I do believe that because there's always people, people like to think that countries are, are uniform and you see in our own country how we are not. But the reality is... Can America, without a principle, because America circa 2023, in a bipartisan fashion, destroyed the principles of our nation. We are no longer the nation of freedom. We have a bipartisan problem where politicians have taken away our liberties, and especially over the last three years, are very comfortable with fascism. So I'm wondering what you think. Can we? We were lucky enough to be old. 
And when we grew up and when we went about our life, whether you were a Democrat or a Republican, you had a fundamental principle of Americanism. Can America regain the principle of Americanism when you see that we have been so successfully infiltrated with the ideology of communism and collectivism and Marxism and the rest of it? Absolutely, we can be, um, because we're Americans and because we have our heritage, our tradition, and our ideology of liberalism. All of that remains, and despite the problems that you identify, and they're great problems, we're going to be able to overcome that once again. Well, uh, and, and because fundamentally, Americans can connect with their heritage and can connect with the ideology of political liberalism, the beliefs of our yes. institutions and of our founding documents and the beliefs that they held. So all of that is possible. It still exists. It's within living memory. And despite uh, pernicious difficulties in our educational system uh, and in media and in so many other areas, as you identified, it's still possible uh, to recognize, of course, what America is and America's uniqueness uh, and its greatness. Yes. And uh, as more and more people identify, come to understand what communism is in in all of its guises, they're going to recognize that, um, uh, once again, the superiority, of course, of the American ideal, of the American project, and of our freedoms uh, and liberties. Is there any question so, in your mind the, the lab in California was operated by the Chinese Communist government? Uh, certainly, uh, it was operated by a Chinese entity, and that means it was operated by the Chinese government yes. uh, and the Chinese Communist Party. And so we need to ask ourselves how many of these exist. I mean, what was happening in California was absolutely outrageous. You know why uh, I, I love having you on? Because if we do recover from this, it'll be because of the work you do. And I know the last two books, I have them here. Um, are you working on anything? Do you have a newer one? What's the most recent book where we can have the people go and look at for Bradley Thayer? Where do you want oh. them to go? Well, the, new, uh, the last book I published was Understanding the China Threat, which I co-wrote with Liao Chan Han. And I'll have a new book out uh, this year, which is addressing this topic precisely. It's explaining how we went from... Uh, dominance, absolute, our unipolar moment in 1991 with the defeat of the Soviet Union to facilitating China's rise. And I'm co-writing that with my uh, good friend, James Fennell. Well, the, the week, uh, a, whenever you want to come on, when you know when it's going to be released, you come on, and I'd love to help you sell it, and I can't wait to read it. In the meantime, I love the work you do, and I love the fact that every time I said Chinese communist or Democrat, I'm pretty sure your dog barked or growled. So I really appreciate that. He's well-trained in, in that respect. I like so that he, son of a gun. I hope he lives a thousand years. We're going to need him in the fight. In the meantime, we need you. Bradley Thayer, thank you so much for making time for me. It's my pleasure. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. So, Eric, what have we learned about how this order can potentially be structured? Hi, well, what we're hearing from our sources is that this order is going to be narrow in scope. That's something that Secretary of Treasury Janet Yellen highlighted last month. And also that it's going to apply uh, only to... Um, 
uh, companies that get a certain percentage of their revenue from some of these sensitive capabilities, such as quantum computing, the most advanced semiconductors, artificial intelligence. Um, so this is really being structured in such a way that it wouldn't affect necessarily the very biggest uh, conglomerates that are out there, but it would affect smaller startups that are trying to be on the leading edge of China's technological development. And So... The Chinese Communist Party has bribed the American politicians. And I don't know who in the hell elected that Viagra Slayer Yellen, but the destruction that terrorist has done to our country is far greater than any military attack we could face. Because what she's doing is navigating and controlling the flow of everything. Most importantly, business and opportunity of legitimate status. But the corrupt scoundrels that are bribing the Democrat Party they'll be able to operate with impunity. You, you, you understand the game here, right? Is that they've destroyed the principles of what our nation is built on, the property rights of us. They've destroyed and controlled and manipulated business manufacturing so that you can't do it in this country anymore, and you have to turn to the Chinese or somebody else. Otherwise, you have to deal with La Cosa Nostra, the government, whether it's their own regulations or their labor extortion mafias. It's the perfect system of destroying Americanism and the principles we have and strengthening our enemies. Because most of our enemies are in Washington. Bill and Hinsdale. Hey, Sean, I just want to clear a few things up. Uh, I'm not on when you cut me off, but there are people that build houses in Hinsdale in 95 and sell them in 2023 at a million two, then they unload them for three. So... There are those cases, too. Yeah, but but, I know, but inflationally adjust the money, and what are we at? A loss, but go ahead. All right, well, I know you're the king of Naples, but I don't know if you're the king of Hinsdale. No, I I never liked liked selling property in Hinsdale because of the taxes. I can't get over it. It's disgusting. Well, go to to Kenilworth. I got a brother that paid 75 grand for them to take these garbage cans out. Oh, it's insane, but Bill, I I get it. But, you know, that's why, you know, what what are you going to do? You're going to be the tallest midget. I don't like it, but go ahead. I, I I get you. Anyway, why in God's name, what are these you-know-whats waiting for in the Republican Party to not impeach this freaking moron? Because, Bill, they, they, they're, they're making money, man, hand over fist, and they're controlling the ebb and flow and the velocity of all the charity money. Government, even though they pretend to be Republicans, they like the control they have now. It's never been greater. Never been greater. So now they can knuckle you under... Right. And you're not going to get the handout and you're not going to get this and you're not going to get the license. And, you know, the game you've been in the business, but you've been lucky. You were in a place that was relatively honest. Imagine what it would have been like to be a developer on the uh, in Chicago. What would you have done if you had to build the schools and maintain the schools? You'd have had to kick into the short in the pants mafia. You'd have been knuckled under like the rest of them. We're both worse off that you didn't go to Naples because I know the quality would be better. And then I'd be making money on your builds. Thank you very much, Bill. Dave in Libertyville. Hey, Sean. Thanks for keeping me aggravated. Sure. That's what I do. You know, I believe your <laughs> my, my wife, I think, said the same thing to me about two hours ago. Go ahead. Well, she probably says that every day. But anyhow, the your guest was saying, you know, this all started with Bill Clinton. Well, I look at some of the old stuff I bought. It's all made in China, and I can just tell that 
we've we've been sold out for years. Oh, Dave, and w- the reason it's made in China is because American politicians made it very difficult for American f- manufacturers to operate. They gave the strength to the labor extortion mafias. Along with that, they have municipalities, counties, all in in, in primarily the Midwest, and they knuckled under the honest manufacturer and that's who's has to be offset by the cost of operating from everything from property taxes to unemployment insurance so the government ironically chased the business and manufacturing out and then they blame whatever entity it goes to whether it's china or or japan or it just changed the name or even europe in some cases although they have such an exhausting tax policy to, to import things from europe it's it's arduous and costly so it's not the threat so, but they manipulate it all through favored nation status and government corruption when none of it had to exist. You know, you go back to the beginning. How far back do you want to go? Go back to Theodore Roosevelt, if you want. And you talk about the corruption and corporatism. But Americans don't know what that word means. Corporatism is as bad as communism, except you get to go home at night. It's the only difference. It's the same thing. So what what is the answer is unfettered freedom unfettered exchange of currency propertyism is the answer the fact that you and i and the rest of us you want to start a factory and you want to build uh the 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 chips for the computers fine all right let's start one tomorrow i got a cousin got a forty-one thousand square foot warehouse let's start there until we all grow it but we can't because we have to have the government come through we have to have the municipality come through and the county we got to get the all kinds of licensing to get even started and then you got to talk to the boys about the labor extortion mafia. Oh, to turn that on and plug that in, it's going to cost you $400 an hour. It's preposterous. So that's the problem. And then they blame. And listen, I can blame the countries. That's easy. That's low rent stuff. But I want people to remember what Hong Kong was. Hong Kong was unabashed freedom. And it it was a venue where it made things accessible to you. Now, you didn't have to buy it if it said China. But look at what Walmart did for poor Americans. I mean, there's a lot of ways to look at this argument. Let's not be so narrow of mind. Because the other thing I hate to remind people, we had an opportunity to stand for principle and stand and have the argument with Hong Kong. Donald Trump was president and he folded it under. But do you know who Donald, you know who, who Bill Clinton hung around with in the 90s? Who do you hang around oh. with in the 90s? Donald Trump. Oh. You know who Peter Navarro is? Yeah, right. Peter Navarro, I've had him on the show, right? He's the Trump guy and all that. Peter Navarro ran for office as a Democrat in California, I don't know, five times. He did, opened up a speech for Hillary Clinton where he fluffed her like he was like he was owner of a Lane Bryant store. He loved her back then. <laughs> now he doesn't. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. So let's be aware of the argument because if we're going to have it and if we're going to win it, it's going to have to be on a principle. And you're going to have to understand what those principles are. The principles aren't to double down on corruption and play the game of which government can be more fascistic and in control. The principles, what made us the youngest and the richest, our government has restraints, not us. That's the difference. What is that? Bill Clinton wants to say something. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Nobody blames you. We all understood. It's the only affair in America that everybody understands why. Besides, it wasn't Huma. It wasn't Huma. She was the one rubbing Hillary's feet back then. Uh, Matt, Southside. 
Hey, good afternoon, Sean. Um, I just wanted to say that last guest you had, or that you had, uh, that you interviewed. Yes. It's so nice. It is nice to hear somebody, you know, express hope for the country. And yeah. I and I I liked how you were pressing them, trying to ask him if he really believes that if we have hope and stuff. I mean, it really is nice to hear that there are some people that still hold out hope for our country. And I was going to say too, when I look at all these, you know, polls and stuff, which I don't tend to believe, but when I read them and see that people are not happy with the way our economy is, it just shows me that no matter what they say, this uh, administration, people aren't buying it. No. And, and and the other thing to remember is, even in Illinois, you know, it's only, what, what there's like three counties that are Democrat-heavy counties that voted for their fat slob governor. The rest of the, the state is just held hostage. But when you get out of the state and you see the Republican states that laugh at the corruption we accept every day, that's also gives me optimism. And when you see other states that are, you know, right now there's like 20 states that are talking, look, if this guy doesn't get removed, arrested, impeached, we're seceding. I'm going to tell you something, Matt. I find that to be optimistic because the idea we ignore that in our country, the problem is in China. The problem is the ideology of communism in America. The Chinese got their own communist problem. We've got ours. We ignore it. And we pretend they're Americans. Joe Biden is a traitor who is intentionally destroying the principles of Americanism because he's bribed to and because he believes it. What kind of president in your lifetime did you ever hear of a president? Just listen to it. I I still can't. This to me is an unbelievable cut. You promised uh, no new drilling on federal land or offshore. Can you tell Gen Z that you haven't broken your promise? Yes, because the courts overruled me. The court said I couldn't do it. I want to stop all drilling on the East Coast and the West Coast and in the Gulf. But I I lost in court. Do you know what he's saying? What made us the youngest and the richest? What was it? It wasn't the Indians. It wasn't Elizabeth Warren. It was our ingenuity, our companies. We delivered the concept of convenience we all take for granted, electricity to the world. We did it. And this rat bastard, whore, who's never made a dollar in his life, goes on television and says, I'm trying to shut down American energy. It's insane. No, I get you. It's insane. I do want to say that Elizabeth Warren comment you just made. Yes. That's another thing that gives me hope because that gave me a chuckle, and I need right. that every day. Yeah, well, then. yeah. Let me tell you something. She, her family, killed the Indians. She's not an Indian. Thank you very much, Matt. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM five sixty. The answer. AM five sixty. The answer. This is an excellent call that I can't wait to take. Ross, Oak Forest. Hi, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. I um, wanted to comment on the, the last discussion, you know, on manufacturing jobs. I, I run a manufacturing plant in Melrose Park, huh. and I, I, I think something that's, you know, it's got to be considered with what the Democrats have been doing in the area, especially here in Chicago, I mean, food is highly regulated. You couple that with the, we're a unionized site. Uh, the unions run the school systems. And then, you know, declining education and handouts. There's just not people going into trades because they don't want to work for money. And then the education, it's tough to find people that can operate a computer, do math, you know, and write to the, to, to the, to the degree that we need to meet yeah. FDA and various requirements. I mean, it, it's an absolute 
struggle in, in, in manufacturing. Ross, I, th- I think we're in, a, in, in an unusual time in American history where things are changing and they're going to change and it's going to feel bad, but it's going to end better because I think there will be states that understand and recognize everything you just discussed and reject all of it. And that's what I see for the most part in Florida. Unions have nothing there. There is no hold anywhere. They're not in the public sector. They have a very small private sector presence. And and the reality is I'm watching more and more the infrastructure that they thought they had just double and triple. And there is an amazing amount of Americans that are fleeing to all good states. We have 20. But when you look at the difference, I think that's where the optimism lies. And I think, you know, you're in Melrose Park. You've been suffering under it for years. And I say that because I'm from there. It's a wonderful place, but they destroyed themselves. If you were having this conversation and you were in Indiana or in Kentucky or Tennessee, I think it would be you'd be have more profit. Your workers it would be more abundant, and you'd have a better uh, uh, operation process. What do you think? Oh, I totally agree. We've got uh, two plants in Georgia, um, out and, and they're much more profitable. Yeah. Non-unionized, better workforce. It, it, it's so it, it just it, it is. So. so that's the answer, right? The hardest thing about admitting you're wrong is you have to accept the answer, and the answer is what you know it is. So. Ross, that's the optimism. It just feels bad because you're going home to Oak Forest. You spent your work day in Melrose Park. This is your life. It's here. But the reality is it doesn't. It, it's going to be fluid, and success will succeed. You just have to give it the right opportunity. And let the, let the bad spots fail. And you know, Ross, what do you think the property taxes are of that manufacturing plant in Melrose Park versus Georgia? Is it triple or is it quadruple? Uh, it is, it's gotta be closer to quadruple. Ross, yep. I wish you the best of luck. I hope I see it on one time in Florida or Melrose Park. I still drive through on occasion. Thank you for the call. If I didn't get to you, I apologize. We will be back after this. I have another fantastic guest. Thanks to Honey Bunny. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so I think the beauty of America, the principle of Americanism, is that law is the shield of liberty versus the weapon of tyranny. That's the principle to me. That's why I always had that certain confidence that a corrupt government would ultimately fail because law would be the shield of the individual. Now, we're watching it be used as the weapon. The good news is there are very smart people out there who understand the principle and the, and the understanding of the Enlightenment and what American law is supposed to be. My next guest is one of those people. He is Professor William Jacobson, the president and director of Equal Protection Project and founder of Legal Insurrection. Thank you so much, Professor, for joining me. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on. Now, I understand the principles, at least that's the way I believe it to be, yet we're living in a time where it has become very comfortable as a weapon of deliberate government fascism and execution. You have had some success in taking it on. Tell me um, 
do you think it, we will win in the end? Will law become the shield of liberty the way it was intended, even though sometimes it's bastardized? Well, I wish I wish I could, you know, be the happy news warrior here, but I think it's in, in doubt. I think the legal system is under assault from every direction. Uh, it's being min- manipulated by doctrines like critical race theory and critical theory, which are very ends oriented. It's being moved away towards group justice rather than individual justice. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, so it's not all bad news. But that is where things seem to be heading. And I think we, you know, people need a wake up call that, you know, if you look at, you know, the dissent in the Harvard case on affirmative action, it could have been by Ketanji Brown Jackson, Jackson. It could have been an article in any critical race theory course in a college anywhere in the country. Uh, It's group identity. It's group outcomes, not individuals. And that's not what it's supposed to be. And the idea that, yeah. In the idea in the year 2023, I mean, you know, I, I remember reading as a kid that, that humanity was in its intellectual infancy in the, in the uh, 10th century. The reality is we're still in that intellectual infancy. When you have in the year 2023, the American government fully comfortable as using racism in the idea to correct racism that took place hundreds of years ago. Uh, you filed a case recently that is important to many Americans, in particular parents like me, who recently have written checks to colleges. What have you found? Tell us what it looks like. And ironically, I'm familiar with the university. Yeah. So we we have filed a lot, but the most recent one is against the University of Nebraska at Lincoln, and it regarded a um, residency for a filmmaker. Uh, as part of their educational programming in conjunction with an outfit from New York City. But there was a catch to it. The filmmaker had to be black. Uh, the filmmaker could bring a second person in who was not restricted by race. But University of Nebraska at Lincoln had a program where on their campus, there was a residency restricted to his uh, re- educational residency in filmmaking, restricted to a single race. Uh, and so we have filed a complaint about that. We have not heard from them yet. I'm, Eventually we will. But, you know, that's the sort of thing that's going on. And what amazes me is nobody over there with all their DEI and anti-discrimination bureaucracy, nobody thought to question, how can we do this? Uh, You know, because if you reverse the races, if you had a filmmaking spot there available only to a white person, there would be an absolute uproar. Nobody would have let that happen. This is that's the problem. It's clannish. This is like something you would hear in the clannish, only it would be your example. It would be white, right? Every other race not apply. I'm wondering, is this the approach to take? Obviously, I I want you to win. I want your approach to be the way to win. But we could also hoist the fascists on their own petard. Why not have a white person transgender into black and then sue? What do you think of that? Well, that's an innovative idea. Transracial, right? I mean, you know, you could. why not transracial? Yeah, I mean, what if somebody said, well, that's how I want to identify. What are they going to do? Are they going to take a blood test and a genetic test? Are they going to do a skin color chart? What are they going to do? I mean, that's the absurdity of it. And that's why we shouldn't be doing this, because that's what you you end up being South Africa or something like that. And that's not what we want to be. So, you know, my response on all these things and and Equal Protection Project, which is EqualProtect.org, our philosophy is all for we have to be against all forms of racism. So we have, in fact, we've challenged many programs that are limited 
to only, you know, non-whites. This one is even worse because this one, Asians can't apply, Hispanics can't apply. The only people who can apply is the person who identifies as African-American or black. Um, But we've challenged a program that was was in fact limited to whites at New York University of all places had an anti-racism program for parents of public school children, but run by the university that was limited to white parents. We have filed a complaint against that. So we're against all of that. I mean, let's stop doing this. And this is what the universities don't seem to understand. Let's stop, you know, valuing people based on the color of their skin. Are we late to the dance on this because we have been quietly subjected to all kinds of discrimination when it comes to college. I remember I have a graduate, a recent graduate, but I remember when she was first getting started and she had applied for loans and they said, oh, no, 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 you're not going to get any loans. Your parents are married. You don't fit the categories we needed you you to check. This was something I was shocked by. Uh, But come to find out this has been a practice in colleges for decades They have been manipulating loans based on the marital status of parents, the race of the student, and the income of the parents. Isn't this something that we've been quiet about? And shouldn't we have jumped in front of this a couple decades ago when it started, the manipulation of of, uh, all kinds of favoritism? Yeah, I mean, I'm not that familiar with those loan applications, but I am more familiar with what goes on in campuses. And you're absolutely right. This was a problem 30 years in the making. This is a problem that didn't just appear overnight. Now, it got much worse after the death of George Floyd when a lot of these groups decided they could really push things to the limit. But this has been uh, two generations in coming, uh, and people were asleep at the wheel, and I was one of them. You know, I um, practiced law in private practice for most of my career until I joined Cornell Law School, and I had no idea what was going on in academia. This was not going on when I graduated, you know, uh, college in 1981. This is a more, you know, Subsequent to that, most people have no clue how bad it is on most university and college campuses, how everything has been reduced to race and now gender and gender identity. The the politics, the identity politics has completely consumed most campuses, not all campuses, but but most of them. And it's worse someplace than others. And University of Nebraska-Lincoln, I don't know how bad it is overall. I just do know that they had this program. Do they need the American people anymore that we've seen this system kind of taken over into a money scheme between a government that has backdoor nationalized student loans and now have total control over everything, not just who gets the money, but how much money goes out the door? And you've seen a massive uptick in the problem prior to the government taking over the loan business. There was a student loan debt of $600 billion. Now we're closer to $2 trillion dollars since the government has done it, they arbitrarily get to pick who pays and who doesn't pay. Um, how, how can we go back and attack the money of it? And should we? Because the reality is they don't really need the people's consent anymore. They have this inside game, and you're talking big money here. Well, you know, what has happened in higher education is really one of the biggest travesties. And they're trying to blame other people for it. But it's really the university administrations. Every time the government would uh, increase support for students through student loans. Guess what? The universities would raise their tuitions. They would absorb it all. And the only reason the tuitions have become so outrageous in so many places is because it's subsidized. It's like any other product. 
if you if you don't pay the full price of it, you pay more because somebody else is paying for it. Yes. Uh, regardless of who you like for presidency, uh, Ron DeSantis has a good idea, which is when students default on these loans, take the money back from the colleges. The colleges are the ones who got the money. Yes. So it, the students are essentially pass-throughs. The students don't keep the money. You give it to the student. The student gives it to the college. But the student is the one who's expected to pay it back. Why don't the colleges have to pay it back? I think that's a great idea. And I think that would, you know, help lower the cost of education, not raise it, because all of a sudden the colleges would be on the risk, on the hook, if for their inflated prices, not but, the students and not the government. You know what's interesting, Professor, when you really look at this and you take the kids out of the picture and you see these these political uh, magnanimous gestures like, I'm going to eliminate student loan debt. It's really an accounting trick. The government is who is owed the money. The government basically moves the number column over and pretends it paid it off. But they couldn't collect the debt anyway because the numbers are so big. We've allowed the numbers to go so big. We have no collateralized loans. You have no disclosure. And then you have a system of law where even if the kids want to file bankruptcy, as if they would in any other debt, they can't put it in their bankruptcy. So... Do you think maybe we should explain to the kids in college, you are just the useful smile and the, the, the hood ornament on the vehicle of corruption, which is a government that pretends to be paying for you when it's in essence perpetrating a money laundering fraud? Well, I mean, I think students need to understand that they're overpaying for education. We've created this myth that college education is required for everybody. And it's not. If you're going to get a degree that you can't pay for yourself after you graduate, but you're going to graduate with 100000 or 200000 in debt, you need to understand that going in. And that's not really fully disclosed. Students aren't warned about it. And so, but this is something that the universities, the holier-than-thou universities, have put on the students. And, of course, what are the universities now trying to do? They're trying to blame the Republicans or they're trying to blame the conservatives or they're trying to blame you know, anybody but themselves. And the universities really are to blame here. You were in private practice for how long? 22 years. 22 years. So when you actually left private practice, you were probably middle-aged, give or take, right? Uh, depends on your definition. I was 46, 47. When you went back to college and you had practiced for 22 years and left law school, were you impressed with the intellect of the students in general? Yeah, well, I am, you know, where I teach, I I think they are smart. Um, I think that uh, perhaps they um, just go along to get along ideologically. The, you know, prevailing wisdom at Cornell is not as radical as elsewhere, but it still leans heavily to the left. Not all the students agree with that, but they just want to get out. They want to get their degree. They want to get their law job. So I'm in a somewhat good position that the students I teach, virtually 100% of them get high-paying jobs out of law school. But that's not true everywhere. And it breaks my heart to see students graduating from law schools, sometimes with two or $300,000 in debt, and they're not going to make anywhere near enough to cover that, and they're going to spend the next 30 years trying to pay it off. Uh, they they shouldn't be enticed to go to law school when they when they're going to take on a debt that they can't pay back. I have to tell you, I was so optimistic growing up because my best friend became an attorney, and uh, when he was in law school, I would go down, and there would be 
ferocious debates among philosophies. And even if somebody may have thought themselves a party affiliate, there was a certain appreciation for the rule and the principle of the shield of the way in which American law was modeled. Do you think that still exists? Well, uh, the law, I mean, is supposed to protect um, a number of rights. Some of them are individual rights, contractual rights, you know, your right to be free from being harmed by someone's negligence. So, you know, a, a lot of those principles are really foundational. But, you know, things have gone astray. They really have. And now they're used as cudgels and they're used as swords. And you can see all the prosec- particularly in the prosecutorial sphere, how politicized that has become. Were you um, were you expecting more challenges to um, what we saw during the, the reaction by government to the pandemic, were you? I anticipated far more lawsuits. I know there were some successful ones. I felt that they came very late. Were you shocked at the lack of of uh, Americans that tried to use law as that shield? Well, it was very tough. I mean, there were some lawsuits, but it was very tough. A lot of people were scared. It was mass hysteria. Of course, you were. You know, a lot of people were locked down. I do, and the courts were not very receptive to it because. There is a concept in the law that, you know, the government can take action it otherwise couldn't take when dealing with a a public, um, you know, pandemic sort of situation. And so the the cases, there were cases brought, but they weren't very favorable. And so it was tough and, and people stopped trying when the first few cases were lost. So it was very tough. And, you know, put yourself in the position of a judge. You've got all these supposed experts coming in and saying, Look, Judge, if we don't do this and we don't do that, millions of people are going to die. And, and look, a lot of people did die from it. Uh, and the judge doesn't want that on his or her shoulders. So the ju- we got to get away from the concept that the judges, you know, can do anything. Yeah. And they were very hesitant to get involved in public health decisions. Oftentimes, the greatest generations turn out to be the generations that were attacked early on in their lives. I'm optimistic that I think these kids that you're dealing with today will have the benefit of being vindicated by history and they will see the failures of the last recent couple of years. Uh, Do you have optimism when you look at these kids and you think that these kids will recognize right from wrong in the near future when they go into the real world and they'll fight to make sure that what they live through is harder to happen to the next generation? You know, I I do get some hope from the students. I mean, uh, a lot of them have, you know, bought into the prevailing dogma, but a lot of them haven't. A lot of them are just afraid to speak up, and that's the biggest problem. So there is there is more diversity of viewpoint among students, at least the ones I interact with, than there are among faculty, frankly, or administrators. The faculty and the uh, administrators are a monoculture. They all have one viewpoint. The students understand, they really do, a lot of them, understand what they're living through. Whether they're, you know, we're going to act on it in the future, I don't know. But the students do give me some hope. Uh, the faculty and the administrators give me very little hope. And that's why we've, <laughs> we've got to go around them. Do they know and are you allowed to tell them that their professor is a radical who founded a website called Legal Insurrection, which I love the name? They must love that. Oh yeah, they, it, you know it's it's. I'm well known. I'm the only one who is right of center, really publicly right of center. 
uh, yeah, it's it's very well known. A lot of the students are fans. A lot of the alumni are fans. Frankly, some of the faculty are, but they don't want to admit it. Uh, well, so it's it, it's an interesting way to live. Well, you've say. got a you've got a drive time radio host who's also a fan of legal insurrection. I love what you do. I love the fact that you have the courage to continue to do it. I, I, is there any way we can support you other than just going to the site? Well, we are a nonprofit. We are a 501c3. Donations are tax deductible. You can find the donate button at legalinsurrection.com or our Equal Protection Project, which is equalprotect.org. And obviously donations are appreciated because we got to survive somehow and keep doing what we're doing. I love the fact you do it. Thank you so much for making time for me, Professor William Jacobson. I appreciate you. Take care. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. For trouble, just look right in my face. I was born standing up and talking back. My daddy was a green eye. The only upside of Elvis being dead, he doesn't have to see his country be destroyed from a traitorous rat like Joe Biden. In the meantime, right on cue, I get an email, like I'm sure tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions, from Build the Energy Cruncher. Install solar energy with zero out-of-pocket costs. This is a lie and a fraud that could never have happened if it wasn't financed by the taxpayers from a swindler fraud like Joe Biden. How is the U.S. preparing the military? Well, we're preparing the military by trying to deal with the climate stuff, for example. Yeah, the climate stuff. Let's move on to solar panels because they aren't cheap. Fewer than 5% of American homes have them, and it's still cheaper, easier just to get your energy from the grid. How do you convince Americans that the hard thing to do might be the right thing to do for the environment? We're getting them tax credits to do it. That's what they do. See, he whispers like that because he's used to the short in the pants mafias that destroy great cities and great states. You know, like Illinois, let's go to some of the short in the pants mafia right here in Chicago. Let's go for an update, shall we? Now NBC5 investigates. Jury selection took up most of the second day in the trial of Timothy Mapes. Timothy Mapes, did you see this troll by any chance? He looks like a transgendering Diane Feinstein. Two foot seven, a short in the pants, wife depressing Irish Democrat gangster in Chicago. And don't worry, he's a thousand years old, and him and Mike Madigan will never see a day because they have the perfect scam in the perfect city. He's the one-time chief of staff for former Illinois House Speaker Mike Madigan. Prosecutors allege that Mapes lied in front of a grand jury in an effort to obstruct an investigation. Get out. Shorten the pants Democrat would lie to a grand jury. Did you see him? He still dyes his hair red because he thinks he's a leprechaun. He's not. He's just a crook. Into his former boss. NBC5 investigates Bennett Haberly has been watching this trial. He's got the latest for us. Bennett. Alex, opening statements are now expected Wednesday morning. As you mentioned, it's taken two full days to seat a jury. I'm told that's happened just within the past 10 minutes. Six men, six women, and three alternates who will now hear the evidence in this perjury trial. Are there still six people in Illinois that don't know Mike Madigan's a two-bit gangster whore? Is there anybody that doesn't know that? Is there anybody that doesn't know the tax, the property tax swindle that his entire organization 
and his entire party represents. Where if you bribe the right short in the pants gangster, let's call them lawyers. You get your taxes cut. Where does the tax money go? Is it poof? It just goes nowhere. No, it goes on businesses. You know, the ones that are empty. This is the cost of corruption. And the crooks that broke it, they'll never see a day like Mapes or Moops or whatever his stupid name is. Before the start of his trial, Tim Mapes' attorneys tried unsuccessfully to limit some of what the jurors might hear. A judge shot down the lawyer's attempts to stop jurors from hearing that Mapes had been offered immunity as the feds investigated his former boss. No, but he wasn't a Sammy the Bull. You got to give him credit to shorten the pants gangster. He's unlike Sammy the Bull, who got off. He got immunity for killing 19 people. You think any one of these political whores is going to see the inside of a cell? Not a chance. I don't even think Madigan's back from his little tiny castle in Dublin with the real low countertops. Former Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan over allegations that Madigan used his power and influence to benefit himself and others. According to the (laughs) indictment. Is there anybody in the country that doesn't know that? Mapes is accused of lying to a grand jury about his knowledge of communications between Madigan. I know who doesn't know that. The guy who was in charge for the feds prosecuting political crimes that called my show. No idea. Sometimes the evidence just falls in your lap. Or you could talk to a human being that is living under the corrupt mafia. Judy, Hobart, Indiana. Hi, Sean. I just want to say I love your show. You make me laugh and you give me hope. But it seems like uh, nobody's paying attention to the gas prices. (laughs) About a year or so ago, everybody was complaining. Yesterday, I filled up at three seventy nine a gallon. Today, it's four dollars and nineteen cents, and I live in Hobart, Indiana. Judy, you know what it is in this where my studio is, and by the way, it's not nearly as bad as Chicago. It's four seventy nine at the at, right off of the the whole highway here. Four dollars in one day. In one day, yeah, it went you, up forty cents. Oh, you got to remember, you, no matter how bad it is, you're still better than Illinoisans. We have a Republican by the name of LaHood who has a 10% yes. per gallon tax that he put on, and then you have Pritzker, who decided to double the, the, the gas taxes about two months ago. So yes, no matter how bad it is, Judy, stop torturing <laughs> the Illinoisans with showing off your Indiana status. Thank you very much for calling. Okay, thanks. I Bye. Appreciate it. To hear somebody in Indiana complain, you know, the Illinoisans, you're just used to it. But that's all right, because some of you... You got your whole career because of the short in the pants mafia. And you'll just shut up and take it because you've been playing by that game for a couple generations now. And his close confidant, Michael McLean. In court filings, prosecutors wrote that a judge had admonished Mapes that he must testify truthfully. What are the odds that the judge that admonished him owes allegiance to the mafia? What are the odds seeing how the other crook, Ed Burke, his wife, not the mistress, Not the hookers. His wife, I believe, is a Supreme Court justice here in Illinois. Not those $30 whores that he was at Tavern on Rush with, though. Which underscores that the defendant's responses were part of a calculated effort to lie. And that by responding, I don't recall, to certain questions that Mapes was... By the way, to all of you short-in-the-pants tough guys that want to challenge me, I'm only going to be in this sewer a couple more days, so you only got a couple more mornings. Tempting to answer in a manner that he thought would be difficult to prove false. Mapes' attorneys have said that he testified truthfully. His defense attorneys... Yeah, he testified truthfully, says a defense attorney. I'm sure, I wonder, does the defense attorney have a brother who has a cork on his fork during the holidays that worked at ComEd or for maybe the city? I don't know. Probably all a coincidence. Uh, Kevin, Austin, Texas. 
Sean, great show as usual. I love talking about Madigan and all that. But yeah. I hope you make Don Harmon popular and his Don infinite. Harmon. It's hard Don to Harmon. it's hard to pick his family out. There's a lot of women with depressed looks on their face in Oak Park. The thing is with Don Harmon is he, he tries to defund the program for uh was it scholarships for kids to go to other schools, but yet he sends his kid to St. Ignatius. Well, why not? He He's rich. He's rich. Well, but, He's been profiting from the mafia for decades. He could exactly. afford anything, babe. What are you, and, nuts? And you look back and he's a lobbyist for all these different government organizations. Yeah. Look at his wiki page. Yeah. Make him infamous. You yeah. should mention the name every day. Whoever Don says Harmon, crime doesn't pay doesn't know an Illinois Democrat. Crime pays. Where it doesn't pay is in well-run states. Uh, one a pattern or practice to avoid minimum mandatory sentences for gun crimes pattern or practice to avoid minimum mandatory sentences for drug trafficking offenses, pattern and practice allowing juvenile offenders to avoid serious charges and incarceration altogether, pattern or practice to avoid valid and applicable sentencing enhancements, pattern or practice limiting charges for child pornography, pattern or practice for seeking withhold, withholding of adjudication in situations not permitted. He could have saved a lot of time and just said she was a Democrat. Like all Democrats, they use the power of government to protect the perpetrator while victimizing the victims. The good news is in good states, governors have the power, whether they implement it or not, to remove these incompetent or even worse, saboteurs disguising themselves as prosecutors that destroy the quality of life for all decent people. You know, like Kim Fox in Florida. Now we have very few, if any, George Soros traders and assets they will be removed post haste. The state of Florida is a law and order state. Boy, if only the country was. I remember when the country was. Do you remember, Squirrel? Now, I want to build the wall. We need the wall. The Border Patrol, ICE, they all want the wall. We stop the drugs. We, we shore up the border. One of my first acts will be to get all of the drug lords, all of the bad ones. We have some bad, bad people in this country that have to go out. We're going to get them out. We're going to secure the border. And once the border is secured, at a later date, we'll make a determination as to the rest. But we have some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out. Well, we got more now, Big Donnie. Take a look at this picture here from right here in Maverick County, where we are Texas Rangers and special operators arresting this Honduran national they found hiding on a train trying to get deeper into the U.S. Uh, turns out they run his name. He is a confirmed MS-13 gang member, a registered sex offender who has crossed illegally four times before, and he's got a lengthy criminal history, violent, including kidnapping, abduction, and sexually violent crimes. Back out here live, authorities announcing yesterday that a Venezuelan migrant was arrested for raping a uh, a woman right in front of her three-year-old child. This happened in upstate New York in a hotel room. One of those migrants who huh. crossed illegally got sent to New York and is now arrested. I wonder for if rape. the MSI guy was going to come and join the rest of the cartels in Chicago or New York. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Traders, honestly, the position we're in, we've got, here, right here, I got the article right here, directly $20 million 
to this Rosemont Seneca. Well, Joe Biden was the vice president, you treasonous rat, before you stole the election. Jason Roy, Kentucky. Jason. What's up, John? How are you, buddy? I'm great. How are you? Splendid. I'm flipping burgers in Kentucky. We bought ten acres in Kentucky. We uh we made it out of we made it out of the crap storm. Good for you. I'm proud of you. The air is crisper. Yeah, hey. Yeah. You got a lot less How chance of getting hit in the head by an MS thirteen member. What's that? How is this guy not impeached yet? Because, brother, for the same reason Mike Madigan is still tooling around. The Red Burke is still on Rush Street. The fix is in. Kid, you is know he this. really not in jail? Is he really not in jail? Of course like, he's not in jail, me? brother. He'll never see a courtroom jail. They said his is court Blagojevich starts next year. Still in jail? Blagojevich is out. He's jogging right now in man yoga pants. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he, he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's calling himself a Trumplican, which should make anybody think twice. In the meantime, brother, thanks for calling. Enjoy Kentucky. Bill, Cape Coral, Florida. Yeah, um, you know, that woman that was a victim of the rape in that hotel, she, she should get a lawyer and sue that hotel because they're getting tons of money. Sure. So I, they're, they're just having fun. She should, sue, she should sue everybody attached to it. Everybody. Yeah. And that's exactly what they'll do. And the irony is she could take the money and then go back to the third world hellhole she's from and live like a queen. Because it's like in these Democrat areas. When you have money and you're connected to the corrupt politician, you live an entirely different quality of life. Just drive through Oak Park and then be careful. You'll know when the neighborhood changes where you are and who had the money. Thank you very much. Tell, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, uh, when we used to have the barbecues, when I, used to, when I used to live in Chicago, there was a guy on the block that used to drive daily, the young kid around, not the old man, the kid. And they, they, he was a copper, and he told us, he goes, oh, you know, he's always bragging about him driving around. He says, yeah, he told me to stop by the cleaners, and he handed me a $50 bill to go in and get his cleaning. Yeah. I looked at the $50 bill. It was minted in the 50s. Brand new, crispy $50 bill. Yeah. He's still spending his old man's money. Oh, of course. It smelled like Kamala Harris's backseat, too. Thank you very <laughs> much. You don't want to know where they keep that money. Uh, Bob, Crown Point, Indiana. Hello, Sean. Love your show. I listen to it Monday through Friday. I miss you on the weekends. Thank you. I got to say this. I'm not worried about Russia, China, North Korea. China will implode from fresh water. North Korean people finally realize that's enough is enough. Yeah. I think we got to get the firing squads back in this country, kill the druggies who are selling, the drug dealers who are selling the pot, cocaine, whatever, the pedophiles, the human traffickers. I'll be the first one to volunteer to shoot, pull the trigger. Well, I'll sleep at peace at night. Eh, we don't want to shoot I, anybody, Bob. It's more fun to let them watch wallow in their own, their own destruction. George Naperville. Sean, if all your loyal listeners would take heed to the sound advice you give, pull up stakes, get out of Chicagoland, head to the Sunshine State, many more could have been in position to win that huge billion-dollar Florida jackpot. I'm going to tell you something. That was sold outside of Jacksonville, and I've never been happier. Because if that would have been sold at where I buy mine on occasion... I would have never talked to my wife again. I've been trying to go back for a week. She doesn't want to, you know, the whole nine yards. In the meantime, we're going to get back there. But we need to focus on how to get things right here. And the first thing is, is to recognize the problem. The problem, although we have enemies, the problem isn't the enemies on the outside. It's the enemies on the inside. You promised uh, no new drilling on federal land or offshore. Can you tell Gen Z that you haven't broken your promise? Yes, because the courts overrule me. The court said I couldn't do it. 
I want to stop all drilling in the East Coast and the West Coast and in the Gulf. President of the United States practicing the destruction of America is a traitor. We'll be back in 21 hours to expose it even more. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.